Welcome to Theology Matters, a podcast that applies theology to everyday life. This podcast is a ministry of Bible Baptist Church of SOTUS. I'm your host, Pastor Jay Riggleman. With me today is Nick Boothman, Associate Pastor of Bible Baptist Church of SOTUS. Welcome, Pastor Nick. Glad to be here. Well, it's great to have you here today as we have a very unusual topic that we're going to be uh, tackling, or at least you're going to be tackling for the most part. And the uh, question that's on the table today in our podcast is this, do ghosts haunt us? Absolutely. This does seem like a very strange topic, especially when maybe you first saw it or as you're listening to it. But this is also a topic that is very relevant to the day that we live in. So our culture is talking a lot about ghosts, the supernatural, uh, demons. All this is very in right now. It's You see it on commercials, TV shows, uh, just all over the place. People are talking about it. I, I recently um, have seen a lot of commercials, and maybe the listeners have as well, about a show called Ghosts. And I've never seen the show. I'm not endorsing it, but... In that show, you know, they're living in this haunted house and it's a comedy and they're interacting with these ghosts. Even, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 years ago, ghosts were talked about a lot, but it seemed to be confined to horror movies. Nowadays, it seems like it's in comedy, it's in uh, just all over the place. So I think this is something that is very practical for people. Um, do ghosts exist? Do they haunt us? How should we think about these things? I also read, um, I was surprised and also shocked uh, just how many Ouija boards have been sold in the last 50 years. I read about uh, somewhere over 20 million Ouija boards. Mm. And if you're not familiar with what those are, that it's something someone uses to try to contact uh, the supernatural realm. That's how it's advertised. And That's a lot of Ouija boards of people buying in the last 50 years. And not only that, but usually when those are used, it's not just one person using it. It's used with a group of people. So all that to say is it's something people are interested in. So it's something that we should understand well as Christians. Also, another reason why I think this is very practical is the people that I have talked to throughout the years, have had very strange things happen to them, just really unusual things that it's hard to explain. I was on a mission trip once, and somebody was describing to me that he was downstairs in his house, and on the upstairs of his house, he heard very clear, loud footsteps, like someone was walking around. Well, the problem with that is nobody was home. I mean, he checked upstairs. He knew nobody was home, but he heard those footsteps. So how, how do you explain something like that? How do you explain the, uh, all those times you read on the internet or talk to people who have had things fly across the room? Maybe they've seen a, a spirit or something that looks like a ghost, and they said that they're uh, their great grandfather that they've never met. And then they go look at a picture and that looks just like what I saw. How do you explain all those things? So I think it's something that we have to address biblically and inform, um, our hearts about. Yeah, I do think that there is a definite increase in interest in the supernatural and there's a lot that's uh, involved in that. So uh, could, maybe you could help us out by answering this question. What do you mean by ghost? that word ghost. 
So when people use the term ghost, they're usually talking about what happens to somebody's spirit or immaterial part of them. So not their body, but their soul, their spirit. So when somebody is saying, I saw a ghost, usually they're talking about somebody who's lived on this earth. They're not talking about uh, a spirit that has never lived. You know, that, that's a different category for most people. So we're really talking about what happens to somebody when they die, what happens to their soul or their spirit. And as we're thinking about this, we really have to, I think, ask two questions when we're talking about ghosts. Uh, before we even talk about if they haunt us, we have to establish, do ghosts exist? So I want to ask and answer two questions. The first one is, do our spirits live on after we die? That's an important question because if our spirits don't exist after we die, like some claim, uh, then there couldn't be ghosts that appear or haunt us. So do our spirits live on after we die? What does the Bible say about that? And the second question is, where do our spirits go? Do they live on and where do they go? I think a passage of Scripture, I don't think, I know, I know a passage of Scripture in Matthew 25 verse 46 answers both of these questions and this is what the scripture says in Matthew 25 verse 46. Jesus is speaking and he says, then they will go to eternal punishment but the righteous to eternal life. So in context, Jesus is talking about one day when um, people are going to be separated into two categories. And he lists these categories as uh, the unrighteous. In, in context, he's talking about the unrighteous who will go away to eternal punishment. And another category is the righteous to eternal life, which we know from the Bible that the righteous are those who aren't righteous by their own good deeds. They're not made right with God because of what they've done, but because of what Jesus has done for us. So the righteous are those who have believed in Jesus Christ as their Savior, and the unrighteous are those who haven't. So the answer to the first question, are our souls eternal? From this passage of Scripture and others, the answer is clearly yes. It says, then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So some people claim, well, there's a, there's a heaven, but there's not an eternal hell. If somebody doesn't go to he heaven, then, you know, their, their souls just cease to exist. Well, that's not what Scripture tells us. It says there's eternal punishment and these eternal life. So the answer to the second question, where do we go? Do we, you know, kind of linger on earth? Do we go somewhere else? Well, this passage of Scripture also talks about it. It talks about believers going directly to be with the Lord because it says the righteous to eternal life. And we know from other passages of Scripture that this is immediate that we go to be with the Lord. It says in Luke 23, verse 43, Jesus answered him. The him in this passage is the thief on the cross. So Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So there, there was an assurance that um, when this person died, they would be with Jesus 
Jesus, who also died that day. So you'll be with me in paradise today. Another passage of scripture, in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8, it says, We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So believers go directly to be with the Lord. And the second category is unbelievers go to eternal suffering and punishment. It says this in Luke 16, starting in verse, the second half of verse 22, where Jesus is describing a parable. And it says, The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was in torment, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. So we see when this person died and was buried, he went to torment. He went there immediately. So ghosts, um, when we're talking about ghosts and we're trying to answer these two questions, the first one, do our spirits live on? Yes. And where do they go? There's two categories, eternal life, or eternal punishment. There's not a third category where people go to purgatory or they just linger on earth as their uh, disembodied spirits. Well, that was very good. But uh, let me just kind of push that a little bit further. So you talked about the reality of our spirits living on after we die, and also the kind of the destination of those spirits in one of two places. So my pushback would be, are there any exceptions to uh, the location of those spirits? Uh, According to the Bible, is there any any, uh, kind of way that this is seen a little bit differently or kind of a, an example of movement by these spirits? Spirits, Absolutely. And that's the pushback by some because you could agree with everything I said and say, yeah, you know, people go to heaven or hell, but that doesn't mean that they can't come back and visit me and then go back to where they're uh, located. So we have to view that from scripture. What does the Bible say about that? And is there any time in the Bible where that has happened? And there actually is uh, in the Bible where somebody's spirit has come back to earth to communicate with somebody who's living. So we're going to look at that text and see um, what it informs us or what it tells us. So it's in 1 Samuel 28. Just some context about this passage in 1 Samuel 28. Samuel, the prophet, has already died. King Saul, who was living at the time, was at war with the Philistines, and the text says that he saw the Philistine army, and he was terrified. I mean, he was scared. And he tried to reach out to the Lord, but because of things that have already happened, the Lord wasn't giving him an answer. So he went to very uh, desperate measures that weren't good. He went to um, this medium, the spiritist in Endor, and he asked her, as he disguised himself, so he, he didn't show himself as King Saul, he disguised himself, and he went to this medium in Endor and asked her to bring up a spirit from the dead. And she said, no way, I'm not doing that. I don't want to get in trouble with King Saul. Because previously, the text says, King Saul banned all the mediums from uh, practicing this 
in the land. So she said, I'm not going to do that. I, I don't want to get arrested. I don't want to get in trouble by King Saul. And Saul told her, trust me, you won't. <laughs> trust me, you, you really won't get in trouble. I swear on the Lord that you won't get in trouble. So she eventually does it, and she brings up Samuel's spirit um, from the dead, and Samuel interacted with Saul. He preached a message of judgment on Saul and then left. So you could look at that passage. Somebody might look at that at face value and say, see, it, it's possible to summon somebody's spirit from the dead and interact with us. Let me push back on that a little bit because, one, this does not seem like a usual occurrence in Scripture. It only happens once in the Bible. Second thing, when Samuel does come up from the dead and talk to Saul, this woman who is a medium, whose job is to contact spirits, this woman who's a medium is shocked that Samuel actually came up. I mean, if we read the text, starting in verse 11 of that passage, then the woman asked, whom shall I bring up for you? Bring up Samuel, he said, Saul said. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out at the top of her voice and said to Saul, why have you deceived me? You are Saul. So the question is, why was she so shocked that this actually worked? If she was used to bringing up um, spirits from the dead or you know what we call ghosts, if she was so used to this working, why did you know, when she saw Samuel actually come up, she was like, whoa, wait on a second. You're Saul. This, this isn't right. This isn't supposed to happen. She was shocked when it actually happened. And we have to ask the question, you know, why was she so shocked that it was working? Well, most likely because she wasn't used to it working. Some possible explanations are that she would just pretend to talk to the dead. You know, she would, um, she would, you know, talk, talk to somebody that she said, oh yeah, I'm going to bring this person up and then say, oh yeah, this person said this. And, but it actually wasn't happening. It's just pretending that's a possible explanation. Another explanation is this was a different spirit, maybe a demon that she was used to dealing with who had information about, you know, actions that have people have done and she would relay information or maybe this demon would cloak themselves as a loved one that passed away. But from this text, one, it doesn't seem like a usual occurrence. And two, um, it doesn't seem like it, you know, was actually, she was actually used to it working. So this story, this narrative is definitely not a case study for um, spirits visiting us and us looking to uh, have have that happen or to try to contact uh, spirits of those who have died. On the other side of that, Nick, um, I've dealt with many people over the years of ministry, uh, even believers, who have had loved ones who have died in Christ. Um, that's, that's beyond uh, question. And they have taken what they would say some comfort in apparent um, appearances or visits or reminders from what they consider a, a, a dead or departed loved one in the form of some kind of a, uh, appearance or strange uh, occurrence or a reminder. And it's really, to some of them, they would say it's brought them comfort and it's brought them some uh, peace. 
how would we respond or how would you respond to um, these stories of people saying it wasn't some kind of a strange spirit? It was really, I, I, you know, I think a spirit of a departed loved one that made contact with me. How would you respond to that? Absolutely. And like your point, I, I think this is a very practical thing because someone might listening to this, <laughs> I think initially, okay, ghost has never haunt haunted me. I, I don't know if this is practical, but there are a lot of stories, uh, people from dreams or interactions where just like you said, it, it seems like someone who has lived is trying to communicate with them. And I would say a few things about that. First is scripture clearly tells us that we should not try to or engage um, any any spirits that have lived. It's actually a command in scripture not to do this, not to bring up spirits or try to contact the dead. It's, it's forbidden in scripture. The second part of that is um, people that have died are never commanded or shown in scripture that they just freely come and communicate with us. So those two things, if you have an interaction, say you're not even seeking that, if you are seeking that, stop. Stop right now because that is not what Scripture tells us to do. And by seeking that, I mean trying to contact somebody who's lived and is, is passed away. But if you have an interaction where you think that uh, a spirit that lived is trying to contact you, I would not engage in that at all. And one of the big dangers of that um, is that there are spirits besides you know, people that have lived that um, live in our world. We can't see them, but they're angels and demons. So there is this spirit world that God created um, angels to be ministering spirits. And we know from scripture that a third of those angels rebelled. They're called demons in scripture. And while angels are intended to be ministering spirits, they actually, uh, the demons, the, the bad angels, if you want to say it that way, do the opposite. They don't minister to us. They actually um, seek to lie and deceive, promote false doctrine, attack Christians, and all those things led by the chief demon, Satan. So with all that in mind, there is a possible scenario where you think that you, uh, a loved one is trying to communicate with you, but it's actually not your loved one. It could be a demon disguising themselves as that person to try to trick you or uh, pull you away or deceive you or even just bring you into um, a, a place where you shouldn't be. And we know from Scripture as well that you know, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. it calls Satan, uh, he himself masquerades as an angel of light. So that is in his nature to disguise himself and pretend to be uh, someone that he is not. So the original question of, you know, if, if you have an interaction like that, communicate with God. We are very clearly commanded in scripture to communicate and pray and talk to God, not those other spirits, but to God. So I would, I would stay away from those things. Yeah. So just looking for some clarification here uh, for me, and then maybe for some of our listeners that the Bible 
clearly teaches that that our hope and our peace and our comfort should come from God alone and from his word and that we all he also allows people to be part of that process and I think when it comes to our departed loved ones um, many of us have very good memories of these loved ones, especially those who were in Christ and they were good examples for us. And I think we can draw upon those memories. But how would you um, encourage or instruct our listeners uh, in a balance between um, remembering those people and the memories, but not putting too much um, trust or uh, kind of interest in those things to bring peace and comfort, which would maybe even prompt kind of saying, you know, I was thinking about my loved one and I think they talked to me today or they showed up today in, in this picture or in this dream or in this tree or something. How would you create that balance between it's okay to remember them, but uh, still taking our comfort primarily from God? Absolutely. My biggest encouragement is to, uh, if somebody is struggling with this, to go to scripture and see what we are called to do and who God is and what, what happens to people when they pass. Because a lot of things we, uh, I don't want to say we, but sometimes people ascribe to their past loved ones things in scripture that is only ascribed to God. For instance, I hear people talking about, you know, they're sitting on a, a bench or something and they look up and they, they know that the wind in the trees at that moment is their loved one communicating to them because at that moment they're thinking about them. Well, I think we got to be careful of that because who controls the weather in scripture? God does. Um, has God given authority past loved ones to, you know, move the weather or things like that? No, I mean, there could be a situation where God is is trying to send you comfort in that moment by by um, changing the weather, but that shouldn't be ascribed to our loved ones. That's ascribed to God. Same thing with prayer. Who are we supposed to pray to in Scripture? God. So all these things, if, if you're struggling with those, um, how to interact with it, Scripture informs us how we're supposed to do that. And and I, I do think there has to be a balance of it's great to remember your loved ones, but also don't put too much stock in that where it pulls away from your mission on this earth and what you're called to do. I don't know if that's help, helpful. It was. Yes. Thank you very much. And, and thank you for tackling uh, this question as we go back to do ghost haunt us. Uh, and you clearly uh, showed us from Scripture that no, they don't. Um, strange supernatural occurrences would more likely be a demon. Uh, and it might be tempting for someone to hear the voice of someone that says that they are their loved one to communicate with them. Uh, but be uh, cautioned uh, that we don't pursue this. This is not uh, perhaps what we think it really is. And we, uh, again, might be looking for uh, peace and hope and comfort in those things uh, before we're leaning into God and what he has clearly stated for us in Scripture. Well, this is all the time that we have about our topic today on Theology Matters, which is a podcast that applies to theology to everyday life. Uh, please join us next time for our topic, Misquoted, Some of the Most Misused Verses in the Bible, Part 1. So God bless, Pastor Nick. God bless.